This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Light. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. place uh, only about a week from now uh, things will get started and so we are winding down our mock draft we've already uh, made our picks for uh, the 1 through 16 spots which you can listen to in the previous two episodes of the podcast we broke it down 1 through 8 9 through 16 now we will go 17 to 24 here on this one and uh, Dylan uh, we've had some interesting picks thus far and uh, as you and I were talking before we started recording uh, pure chaos to this point and uh, I think this tier probably these next picks we're going to make probably only uh, add to the list of that chaos yeah that, i mean a lot of the guys we took in the last episode from picks 9 to 16 you can easily see them falling in the actual draft in this round i'm sure some of the guys that we're going to select uh with pick 17 to 24 could have gone uh, in that same range from the previous episode so it's yeah like you're saying it's kind of after that first nine eight nine players it gets a little more all over the place and so many teams that at this point still we're not to the end of the draft we're gonna have teams with fewer needs maybe uh it's it's uh, it's, it's all fair game and some guys that we didn't even realize we, we looked back and we're like wow that we didn't take one of, the, one of those guys in the, right. in the first 16 already so that that works out well for us at the top of this uh of this episode but it's going to get interesting as we go through the rest like you're saying a lot of a lot of chaos in terms of the draft itself yeah it's really sneaking up i feel like compared to even past years last year maybe just a little more played up because of the pandemic had just started we had nothing else but to look forward to sporting event wise so this year we, everything's back running and now the draft's still only a week away. It should be fun. Yeah, should be. And uh, I think that, man, this is uh, going to be interesting because, like we said, it's really everything's going to be determined by the top eight picks uh, just based on potential trades and all that type of stuff that we expect. We made our own trade uh, in the top parts, uh, and you can go back and listen to that episode to find out exactly. Look at that. What a teaser, right? This is a podcast <laughs> pro here um teasing it so yeah if you haven't listened the first two episodes i highly suggest go back and listen to those real quick uh and then come back and catch up on us here as we go through uh, our 17 through 24 picks and we start with number 17 the las vegas raiders and uh, that means that i am on the board since i made the number one pick in this draft and uh the raiders lots of options here um the main theme i think you're going to see probably throughout this range and as we go you know to the end of the first round 
There's a lot of offensive linemen still on the board because uh, we got a little happy with some of the uh, top players. Of course, you got a lot of quarterbacks going early. Uh, Then you've got some really talented wide receivers. Uh, You've got a potential generational tight end. Um, And so (laughs) the offensive linemen somehow have fallen a little bit in our part of the draft. But uh, that's okay. I think you're probably going to see a run on them here as we go through uh, potentially, you know, may see several uh, line up here in the spot, and that is where I'm going to head here is offensive lineman uh, Christian Darisol is the pick for the Raiders here at 17. He's uh, one of the guys that still left on the board. We've already had Rashawn Slater uh, out of Northwestern. Um, he was picked back uh, in the number 10 spot with the Cowboys. I'm giving away some of these, but that's okay. Uh, 13th <laughs> Chargers, we had Elijah Vera Tucker was picked there as well. Um, now we, of course, Penny Sewell, we had him early in the top eight. I'm not going to give you that one. Uh, exactly where he landed, but uh, he was a top eight pick. Um, so here's another one to add to the list. Uh, there saw the Raiders. I mean, Dylan, we've talked about it. I mean, they've they've got some needs. Uh, yeah. Really, I mean, <laughs> in several spots. I mean, it's not just one particular thing, but um, their their offensive line is certainly a work in progress, uh, I think, at this point. And so for them, uh, we were kind of laughing about, is this going to be the sexiest pick for the Raiders? You know, they like to go with a little pizzazz sometimes. Um, I think this is probably the smartest pick uh, just because they're probably going to have to go offensive lineman. I said it in the previous episode. If Micah Parsons, who's someone that we picked, you know, in the previous episode, mm-hmm. if he's still there, it seems like he could be one they could go to just, to, you know, to have a, a playmaker on defense at that position. But I think they go offensive line here. Yeah, especially with Derisoff falling as far as he did for us uh, in a lot of mocks, you'll see him going at least a little bit higher. I think that may have changed the calculus a bit, depending on you know who they're looking at and how many offensive tackles, offensive linemen go quickly, because they definitely still need some help in the secondary, um, and there are a number of uh, solid picks still available at this point. That could have made sense, but I don't think you know with Derisoff there, especially with all the turnover again that they had in their offensive line this off season, you know they've had really for a team that hasn't been in the playoffs, a team they've had a really solid, you know, uh, really structured uh, offensive line that's been there, the same kind of group uh, for the most part for a number of years now. So uh, at this point, with all that turnover, you need to lock down someone to protect Derek Carr for long term. And, uh, you know, again, Darius is a guy that, for all we know, he could end up being the second possibly maybe the second offensive lineman off the board, uh, or at least maybe even the third. So uh, for the Raiders to get him here, uh, I feel like it's just too too high of a prospect and too big of a need for them to pass on him at the spot. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll have to go offensive line given, you know, some of the guys are off the board. As we said, they've already been uh, chosen by us. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see if that's the, the direction they go in. But I think that's that's a pretty solid pick if he's still sitting there. Uh, on the board in that spot, which that leads us to number 18, Dylan. The Miami yes. Dolphins, you're on the clock, but I also think there's some value here because there's a couple guys that we still haven't picked, and uh, for some reason I tend to think you're going to go in the direction of one of these guys because both <laughs> of us, I think, talked about this guy, and uh, we never actually picked him. Like, we had yep. talked about him, I think, previously in one of the episodes. Um, we had mentioned this guy as, you know, one of the better players at his position, uh, but so far we're 17 picks in, and he is not off the board yet. 
Yeah, I actually at first wasn't even considering him here. I was looking at uh, Derisov. He had fallen to the Dolphins at 18. So I'll, I'm not going to say which receiver, but they did get one of the top receiving prospects with yep. their number six pick, which is rumored that they might trade that back now. But nonetheless, we'd already recorded. They had a six <laughs> pick. They took it. I think they'll be happy with who they got. So now, you know, that's one of their biggest needs that they wanted to address. You go offensive line. I still think they could have used a tackle in this spot, but with Derisaw gone, I think the next big need that um, for the Dolphins to address is edge rusher, and it just so happens that a guy that in most mocks, and depends on, on whose big board you're looking at, uh, some some have Jalen Phillips a little higher than him, um, but in this spot, I'm going to go with Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Yeah. I Obviously, uh, you know, this is a team that uh, the defense played really well last year overall, um, but I wouldn't say they had that, you know, they had a, and they had a pretty good pass defense, but they had a really strong secondary, a solid you know defensive front seven. But I wouldn't say they had that just premier edge rusher that is obviously so important, especially uh, in, a, in the in their conference where you're going to be playing so many top end quarterbacks and just getting to the obviously just like in any doesn't really matter what quality of quarterback you have <laughs> if they have all, any all day to throw it's not going to make a difference. They're still going to be able to get the job done at the professional level. So to have someone like Quiddy Pay at this point. At 18th overall, I still think uh, with his just, you know, quick hands, just a really good pass rusher from Michigan, I think it's just a perfect fit, again, that, that also uh, just ends up being, you know, depending on the Dolphins' board. It could be, again, Jalen Phillips from Miami, another guy that I considered here before I realized that we hadn't drafted pay. Um, <laughs> I, I do think either of them they'd be really happy with, depending on which big board, which uh, mock draft, uh, they're pretty much some of the top couple of pass rushers, and I think, it fits really well for what Miami needs and uh, possibly one of the top players they still had on their big board. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick, like you said. I think if they if they get the combination of getting him, and like we said, if they were at six there and take the wide receiver that you had for them at number six, um, I think that's that's pretty good value for them yeah. um, just based on, you know, having those two picks and having a guy that could potentially, you know, certainly be a game changer on each side of the ball. Um, that would be pretty significant if these are the two guys that they're able to get. Um, so the Dolphins uh, potentially sitting in a good spot here at number 18 if the board falls the way that we have it. Number 19, I think Washington, uh, the Washington football team, also sitting in a good spot if the board falls the way that it has thus far. And mm-hmm. I am rushing to the board here, which, uh, as we always say, that's kind of the joke. Um, if there's someone out there that we see that we really like that would be on the board, we're surprised he's in this spot still. Um, this is where we run to the board to hand in the card. And uh, for Washington, I think there's a lot of directions they could go here. Um, but I think there's one particular player that's still out there we have not drafted at this point, which I don't think is that surprising. I mean, I think he's going to fall probably in this, I don't mm-hmm. know, he's probably going to fall 14 to, you know, 20 maybe in this range. But I think that's Caleb Farley, the quarterback or the cornerback uh, out of Virginia Tech. Um, that is a potential area of need, I think, for Washington, without question. Um, you know, Ron Rivera, defensive guy. They need help at offensive linemen, like we said, but I think I would go with Farley here. He's someone that, you know, showed a lot of promise at Virginia Tech. Um, that secondary, you know, a cornerback, safety, like they got some issues. And I think yeah. like, grabbing him in this spot, uh, that would be a nice choice, I think, for Washington. Yeah, another, a guy that I thought maybe we, we would have taken a little earlier uh, with the Raiders if they didn't have Derrissaw available. I feel like he would have been a great pick for them with what they need. But for, yeah, Washington, as you're mentioning, as much as they had a premier defense, it was really predicated from that defensive line. So to add such a tall, like a tall physical corner that yeah. 
Uh, you know, going into this past, if you looked at mock drafts before the 2020 college football season, a lot had him as a top corner prospect. I still think, yeah, even with, you know, he had off-season back surgery, maybe that's causing his stock to fall a tad, um, some other things like that. But I still think, uh, you know, it's a perfect fit for the NFL in terms of his size and his ability to match up with all the talented receivers we have in this league. Um, I think that, and it's another, like you're saying, a perfect fit for what they needed. Again, if, they, if these guys aren't available, still some good prospects uh, that they could have addressed. Uh, still, we haven't taken a safety yet. One guy that I think might be going before we finish today that would have fit as well. But I think uh, with Farley still there, uh, really, really big pickup for them is that defense is just getting scarier and scarier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and look, it's a distance thing too. You know, Blacksburg is – what, I think it's like four hours from yeah. D.C. So, like, that, you know, that's someone we, we talk about, and it's kind of silly sometimes, but when you really think about it, like, these are – it's much easier, you know, if you're Washington, it's like, okay, well, it's easier to maybe keep an eye on this guy a little bit more often when he's in college when, you know, it's more of a regional type thing too. So um, I think that could that could be something that, that plays a role, but, but I think if he's still there, uh, he would be a, a very fine option there for Washington at number 19. All right. Here's where things start to get fun, I think, because we oh, got some got some picks coming up here between some of these teams, and you're just thinking, ooh, they could be interesting. The Chicago Bears at number 20. Now, speaking of interesting, um, you know, they – I don't even know what you say about the Bears right now. They're they're in a situation where, you know, we obviously know the biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing that's going to determine the Bears' success is going to be quarterback. But I don't think at this point they're going to have a quarterback available to them uh, unless – you know, maybe the Bears get frisky and they decide to move up uh, and trade up. I just don't see it happening. I think we talked about that before, uh, just in terms of I don't know that they're going to be one that moves up. Yeah. And if anything, I would probably guess the Bears maybe actually move down because, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just think it's um it's an interesting spot for them to be in, knowing that their one biggest need on this entire thing is probably quarterback. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just – They've still got some needs, whether that's offensive lineman, I mean, quarterback, we just talked about that, um, you know, receiver. I mean, they've, they've got some issues. So uh, yeah. they, they they can have their choice here. And I guess if the board has fallen how it has thus far, I mean, they've they've got options, I guess. Yeah, there are a ton of options. This makes it a difficult prospect for me. I do think if, if say, like Mac Jones fell a little bit, maybe they would have been a team that would have traded up. Yeah. I've seen, uh, as we, we talked before the podcast, I've seen some mocks, and maybe this is just predicting what the Bears might do more so than what they should do, that have them taking Davis Mills from Stanford. I'm like, I, I don't yeah. know if that's really yeah. – uh, like the bear, like it, it could happen though. That's the thing, but that's not exactly what we, as we've talked about in the previous episodes, we're doing a mix of what we think will happen and what we think should happen. Uh, uh, maybe a little more of what we would do ourselves, but still taking into account uh, mostly what the teams would do. So, and, uh, man, it's it's a, like you're saying for the Bears, it's a tough spot. It's a, it's a franchise that's kind of in the stuck uh, in the middle yeah. <laughs> right now, and it feels like you, you know they kept the coaching staff, kept the front office for the most part, and it's. I don't know. It just feels like a waiting period here until yeah. it ultimately doesn't work again, and we, we see what if ownership makes a move. So for me, outside of quarterback, not going to go there. Um, I, as you mentioned, receiver is definitely a big need. Corner, if you didn't take Farley, I'd, you know, I'd be really cons- probably considering that here again. Uh, they have drafted corners in recent years, and uh, they have some solid young prospects. But no one that's like an overly – standout guy out, out from the last couple of draft classes that's making you think they uh, shouldn't still address that need. Offensive tackles still. 
uh, would be up there. So it, it, it the thing is, like you're saying, it's they could trade back because now some of the top receivers are gone. Um, there's still one guy I'm considering. Man, and it's like we've taken some of these tackles, but there's still a lot of a lot of good guys yeah. still remaining. Man, it's it's going to be a tough one for me at this point. Oh, do I take? Oh, this is brutal. This I'm is, looking at like four players right here. This is where you. I'm make looking at money. like four guys right now. So that's the that's the <laughs> issue. I'm like, how do I narrow this down? Let's see. So I don't. Man. I guess I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman, receiver yeah, from Minnesota. I knew you were going to He's... do it. I'm, I'm about to just <laughs> throw. I mean, I was waiting for you to do this because I'm like, please don't pick wide receiver. Please don't pick wide receiver. Uh, yeah. They don't have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, I mean, they, they also need receivers. And, yes, they do. Uh, they, I mean, that they can help some, the quarterback, some, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess to an extent. <laughs> uh, their offensive line, again, like they, if there was a couple of the, the, the tackles that we've just taken – I would consider it. So what, the one, it basically came down almost for me to Bateman. And then yeah. I looked at Tevin Jenkins off the tackle from Oklahoma State. Uh, and I just, maybe it's a little bit of a mix of what I think the Bears might do and going for the, the skill player at this spot rather than maybe the, the tackle that they should be getting. Um, but I, I do think Bateman, a guy that I, for myself, even as we go down this draft, would have looked at uh, with another pick I have coming up. But I think the Bears at this point, you know, they it's just, they need. They have a lot of needs, as you're saying, and uh, maybe it's still not this year. Maybe next. Maybe they do bottom out a bit and they get a quarterback next year. But if they have someone with a year of experience with the talent and the, uh, you know, even if he's supposed to be more kind of a slot receiver, I still think even that could be more helpful with what they they currently have uh, with their team. I still think Anthony Miller is a solid player, but I'm more sold obviously on the keeping Al Robinson this year. But we'll see how long that really lasts. But Darnell Mooney, I think he's a really talented player. Just needs better quarterback play you add in the slot receiver now with Rashad Bateman even if I think he can play outside as well but that's probably more where he's going to fit in the NFL uh at least you have that infrastructure so that when you do get a good quarterback maybe it is next year with the new coaching staff who knows uh but at least you'll have uh, some of those pieces there and I you know Jenkins would have probably made sense here as well for all I know he'll be going off the board pretty quickly after this but um, I still think Bateman is a guy that you're seeing kind of creeping up draft boards, and for the Bears, it's just the right time with a, a player that does fit into what they need at this point. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's uh, that's that's one way to help a quarterback is to, to surround him with more talent, and um, it's just a matter of seeing if the Bears can actually capitalize on that and uh, <laughs> you know do enough for for Bateman to come in and be a guy right away that can you know be a top top playmaker. Uh, but it's all about if they can get the ball to him, I guess. But, you know, I, I was laughing about that because I just knew. I was like, he's going to pick a wide receiver here. Like, I just know it's coming. And <laughs> I'm just going to just gonna just say all I want to say just based on where the Bears are at quarterback. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that's – I mean, like you said, I, I've seen a lot of people project the same thing on that. So um, I, I don't think that's a bad option at all. All right, number 21, Indianapolis Colts. And uh, here you go. Once again, running. With the card. I think this works out well for you. Um, my last pick. <laughs> well, I don't know if you even know where I'm going here at 21. Oh, boy. Um, I'm not going offensive lineman. So, oh, man. Uh, I'm going uh, in another direction here. Although, I think we know that's probably the top need for the Colts. Um, actually, I don't know. Yeah, with Costanza retiring, that's well, the thing. You know, now that I think about it, I'm like, do I want to? Do this. I there's one guy I've got my eye on, and you know the SEC homer in me. You, you know how this works. Oh um, boy. I I'm almost like, should I do this or should I maybe go with the offensive line? 
Um, you know what? Let me let me look this up here. Well, this is fun. Well, what are the Colts? What's the Colts' pick situation look like? In oh, all their draft? picks. We're gonna we're gonna look this up real quick uh, because, of course, we're not doing a full seven round mock here. Um, now that yeah, we could have started that after the Super Bowl <laughs> and then still be gone. <laughs> Let's see the Colts. Yeah, they don't have a third picks. round pick, so right now they've got a one, two, four, five, six, seven. Um, you know, with trades, you can always pick up picks mm-hmm. somewhere in there. The next pick they'll have will be 54, and they don't pick again to 127. So, you know what? they got to address that offensive line quickly, huh? Uh, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, what are you, uh, I'm curious what you're thinking otherwise. All right, so as of right now, and uh, <laughs> we, have, we have not handed in the card. We've only written it on the card in pencil. Um, Aziz Oshalari from Georgia, the, the edge rusher, I think that he's someone – that would probably um, fit. But he well. he's gone. He's gone. Oh off wait, the board. wait, is he gone? I Where did we pick him? Earlier. Oh no, we picked him at fourteen. <laughs> I just realized that. Okay, well then that makes it easy. I just completely skipped over that. I went up and down this list. I promise you, three times before you you were talking about Bateman, and I was going up and mm-hmm. down. I'm like, all right, real quick. I know I gotta have this. I said, all right, let me look through it. Don't see him. Don't see him because I think I was. I don't know. I just skimmed past. I guess the Vikings at fourteen, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. It's gonna he's work out well. usually falls deeper in most uh, mocks. I just he's one of the like out of the edge rushers. He was the guy that was the person I enjoyed watching most. So kind of when we talked about it last episode, I forgot. I forgot yeah. we even brought him. Yeah. Up. Oh my gosh, that tells you memory wise. I'm like, I just completely forgot that we even you picked him in the last round. That's why I forgot. Cause I was like, I was trying to figure out who I was gonna pick. Um, well, then I think for me that then I'll I'll just pivot and, and go. With Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma oh, State, the offensive tackle. I think that's. <laughs> I'll just pivot and go to that direction because he was the second guy I had. Um, but yeah, for some reason I just I forgot. I think I was. I think I was so focused on picking um, who I was going to pick at 15. I, I guess I just completely forgot that uh, you had picked Ojolari uh, with the Vikings. So man, yeah. what, what a pickup for the Vikings. So can we go back and edit that episode? Let me just tell you how much I love that pick. Um, I probably did at the time, but like I, I don't know, man. It's just uh, you were surprised. That was the main thing I remember. <laughs> no, maybe I was. But well, there you go. Like I, I need to go back and listen to that because I'm like, my goodness, when did when did we record that? Like, wasn't that long ago? Was it? my God? It was last. It was last Wednesday. That's we right. Had to come so out we, a we did record early. There you go. If if anyone wants to laugh at me, that's why we didn't actually record it a couple days ago. We had to record that one a little early, uh, which it you know it went up a couple days ago, but. That's why. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's uh, that's that's what I'm going to say. But Kevin Jenkins, offensive tackle. Uh, as as I said, I was joking about I needed to really figure out a way to address the offensive line, and uh, I was not going to do that if uh, Ojolari was still there. He's not, so offensive line it is. There you go. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. It does make my next pick uh, a bit harder, even though uh, Jenkins played, you know, mostly right tackle in college. Probably could be more of a right tackle in the NFL, but and left tackle is obviously the need the Colts have. I think they could move him over or reshuffle some of the other parts of the line to make this work. They have talked about doing that with some of their current players. I don't know how much they want to move around. You know what has been one of the top five offensive lines somewhere in that range the last couple of years, um, but I dev- definitely fills in a huge need. A guy that again could go earlier too, and I did consider as I just said. Uh, with my last pick. So I think it ends up being a really great pickup for them, and uh, a guy that should be able to start right away. We may, we may be making a, a trade here. I'm going to try to pull off a trade with you for the Colts, for the Vikings, and we're going to see if we can do a swap here. We're going to um, uh, a 
a mid-draft trade, but uh, no. Yeah, I think that, that works out better. They might least. have had you take someone else in 21 then. We'd have to <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I should have done. I should have like, you know what, all right, who do the Vikings need? Let me pick him, and then we're going we're gonna to pull off a trade here. Uh, no, that, that, that works out better. That actually saves me probably from making the wrong pick here. Um, although, I, as I said, I, I'm a big fan of Ojolari, but um, I think the Colts probably need to go offensive line, knowing that as of right now they don't have a ton of picks. Um, so that's probably a direction they need to go very quickly. And if uh, Jenkins is still there, as we said, there's a lot of potential offensive linemen. And, you know, any of the others that could still be there at this point, um, they'll they'll have probably mm-hmm. have their pick of one of these guys. I think that will still be on the board. Um, so, yeah, good choice there for the Colts. And now that leads us, uh, we stay in our favorite division here, the AFC South, to the Tennessee Titans at uh, number 22. Yeah, I could not have. Uh, that pick could not have come at a worse time for for the Titans here with their division rival taking away exactly the player that would fill in mm-hmm. one of their biggest needs at right tackle uh, in Tevin Jenkins. So uh, still uh, one of the big needs, but I you know receiver and cornerback have had a lot of turnover, a lot of guys. Corey Davis, uh, a lot of parts of their secondary gone. Uh, so it's it's a and it's a, a, not really a draft that works out well for them. We've talked about some of these teams in the later rounds are getting better players that may have gone higher. In, uh, in, in other drafts just based on their talent level but because of the need for quarterbacks and other skill players to push them back whereas for the Titans they need those skill players and they yeah. are for the most part been going off the board flying off the board from us uh, giving into the hype a little bit but that's okay it's what the teams do themselves so man wow it's uh, Jenkins would have been so so perfect for them but instead I mean, they still have other needs. I'm trying to, like, balance. This is this is where I start to do the balance of the best player on the board yeah. versus the needs, and it's it's a tough spot for the Titans. I'm like, should they trade back? I don't know exactly <laughs> who they trade back with at this point. Like, if Farley was still there, he'd be an easy pick. All the – most of the top corners. There's one guy that I'm – it might be a bit of a reach, and that's why it's like if, if we take a little more time, I'd be like, maybe they'll trade back a few picks to draft this yeah. cornerback. Um Still have receivers in this range that, in, in some mocks, you see the, them going to at this point. Oh man, uh, another one that I'm having a hard time with. But I guess it's a little bit too much to just to trade back a few picks. I'm going to have them just jump up um, and take Greg Newsom from Northwestern mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, a, a guy that will hopefully for them be able to start right away. And uh, you know maybe just uh, he's tall, long, another physical corner similar to Farley in terms of his size. Uh, maybe below the next that that group of corners we just picked. So that's why again this draft is not how it is how it's played out has not worked out really <laughs> in their favor. And in this case, I am taking a, a guy that you know I probably would say maybe it was fitting more into towards the end of the first round. I know we're getting there in the 20s, but um, still probably a few more picks back. And there's some really talented uh, other defenders that they at this point I uh, man I, I might regret this, but We'll see how it all plays out next season. I'll have to go back and see the, how these guys all end up performing. But there are some other picks that I feel like they could be making here. But I'll stick with Newsom, and maybe they would have been able to trade down and still get him. Maybe that's what actually ends up happening. But still fits in a need for them. Still a guy that uh, really talented corner. Uh, again, a really physical guy that hopefully for them will help solidify that secondary bit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's an obvious, you know, area of concern, I think, for sure, for the Titans. And um, that's, you know, that's not – Something I think that they they can 
they can definitely improve. Uh, that is for sure. And um, that's, I mean, I don't think that's a bad pick either. I mean, like we said, I think yeah. it's just, you know, not knowing where some of these guys are going to be slotted. Um, I think if he's still there in that spot, I think they'd probably be uh, okay with that in terms of uh, him being at, at that position and being able to, to draft him there. So the Titans get some help in the secondary. And now that leads us to, uh, of course, it's fitting that I'm drafting for this team. 23, the New York Jets, um, the team oh, yeah. that I've just completely railed on all season long. Uh, Your favorite team. Have just said that, you know, and you, you've told me before, you're like, you know, they actually have some decent pieces. And I'm like, no, nope, they don't. They're terrible. Um, they need everything. But obviously I'm just joking. But the Jets have one major need, and we know what that is. That's quarterback. But they have already addressed that early. Yep. Uh, I mean, this is no – we're not giving away a spoiler here. But uh, we had the Jets take Zach Wilson. Number two, it seems like one and two are going to be pretty much locks with Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. Zach Wilson to the Jets. Um, now I think that uh, they have an opportunity to focus on the other side of the ball because yes. uh, Robert Sala, of course, the new head coach there, a defensive guy, my guess is he's going to have his eye on some of these defensive players that are still here in this spot. And uh, the one in particular that I'm looking at, and no, it's not Aziz Ojolari. Um, I, I'm not going to try to pick him again. Uh, it's actually going to be someone, though, that plays the same position, and that is going to be the New York Jets taking Jalen Phillips, the uh, the edge yes. rusher out of Miami. Uh, this guy, I mean, this guy's a powerhouse, like 6'5", 258, um, someone who I think the word, you know, that gets thrown around a lot with him is just the versatility, someone who can do a little bit of everything. Um, and it seems like that he would be a guy that Salah would probably, you know, just – probably be able to be like, hey, I can I can mold this guy into whatever I want him to be. Um, and, and I do think, for me at least, just kind of looking at the picks we've made thus far, I feel like he's probably the best defensive player on the board right now. And so I think if you're the Jets and you're trying to, you know, you know you've already gotten your quarterback uh, and you're trying to sort of build that defense, I think mm-hmm. for me that's probably the direction I would go just because um, I feel like that's what they're going to do. Like they're going to split it. They're going to go quarterback, first pick, you know, going to go defense, I think, with this next pick. Uh, and I think that if, if he's still there, um, I yeah. think he's a he's a pretty good choice. Yeah, I think the last three picks we've now made were all kind of good fits for the Jets. I, I think they could do views yeah. the corner. Maybe if Newsom was there, say Phillips went 22, maybe they'd take him. If Jenkins falls, they'd take him. So it all, it all kind of worked in a, a spot for the Jets where – one of their uh, needs could get filled out. But, yeah, hopefully for Phillips' sake and with the Jets, he can immediately be plug-and-play kind of guy. He has definitely the size, as you're saying, uh, to be able to. Um, should be, you know, his upside is one thing, that too, for the Jets. I know you are you want to draft in the first round with the guy you're confident will be a, a perennial starter, but I think the upside, too, has to be enticing of what he could become at the NFL level as a pass rusher. And, again, having elite edge rushers is so, so important in the NFL – obviously, on all levels of football. And uh, for the Jets, a team that hasn't exactly, uh, you know, inspired much confidence on any parts of their, their team. There were points last year where I thought, you know, you know they've defended the run well uh, on the ground, uh, not so much during, through the air. A lot of that, uh, outside of a few games where they got a little creative and created pressure, has really been not the kind of underwhelming defense line. Guys that they've let go also of performed well, well elsewhere it is a new era of Jets football though and hopefully Phillips ends up being a, a superstar for them which I mean if you get Zach Wilson's able to play at a decent level starting off his career Phillips makes an impact and yeah I think the Jets will be really happy with uh, however this draft plays out just given these first couple of picks yeah I think that uh, they'll they'll have some choices like you said which I I would have considered the ones you mentioned before that 
Um, if this is kind of the range they have of maybe these last three guys that, that are on the board here, I think they'd probably be fine with, with any of those, as you mentioned. So uh, Jets pick up a, a nice guy to uh, rush the quarterback uh, on defense. And now we wrap up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, have a head coach who just got a contract extension. Um, so that's always a, a nice thing to have. Um, the Steelers, what about them, Dylan? Because they are a team that I think – Really, when you look at it, I mean, they've, you know, they've got some options. What do you know? Like, probably two of the <laughs> things they need the most or what? Probably they would probably have to use some help on the offensive line. And um, I guess the secondary, too, is also something they could look at. And that has kind of been the theme here of these teams uh, that we've talked about kind of in this, these last eight picks or so. Yeah, if, if some of the corners we, we took uh, had fallen a bit further, they can do some maybe a Farley and some mocks. Uh, maybe those are where they would have gone, but that has not been the case. Obviously, I still think they need a, a more firm succession plan at quarterback, but that's uh, just keep pushing, just keep kicking that can uh, down the road. Uh, at this point, I don't think they have someone that they should take at this spot. It's too, uh, you know, they could trade back, I suppose, but I think there are still some really, really good players uh, at, at this spot. Um, it would have, for Jalen Phillips, imagining him in that Steeler defense right. would have been a lot of fun. But there are still a couple uh, players in that range. They could use a tackle. Uh, still some some guys now. We're getting down towards the end of the first round again with uh, some guys that could fit in well. As a local I, defensive guy, too. Yeah, I, that's who I'm going to end up going with. I just <laughs> It's hard for me not to. Not Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that when yeah. the college I went to while, while looking at my kind of list of players <laughs> I was going to consider here. But ends up being a, a good fit, I think. And there are some guys, again, there's like, I'm like, man, there's some really talented players uh, that we haven't taken uh, from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owasu, Kormoa, who at some somehow some of these uh, big boards are kind of putting him in the top 10, 11 players. Yeah. I'm like, how? Just imagine throwing him. Maybe he doesn't really fit the needs of the Steelers, uh, but he had yeah, just imagining another, uh, you know, linebacker like that for them. But you hinted at it with the Penn State product. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jason Oway. Uh, you know, another really good pass rusher. Talk about a guy with size, 6'5", 255. Uh, similar kind of in terms of the upside being like Phillips in terms of what he can be. He's already built like an NFL player, looked like an NFL player when he was in college. Super athletic guy. Um, and just it fits right into making this, this defense even more scary. So, I mean, I, it always feels like the Steelers do end up, you know, I, as much as we want them to get some skill players sometimes, they, they've drafted really well uh, in some of the later rounds of some of the uh, offensive players. But it seems like the first round, they just continue to always nail uh, these first-round picks on defense. And I think, uh, in this case, Jason fits in really, really well. Uh, as much as, man, yeah, like look at I was trying to look through uh, guys that taken in the on their defensive front in the first round. They got you know in recent years Devin Bush, you go in 2017, T.J. Watt, uh, Bud Dupree, Ryan Shazier, uh, Cam Hayward. Like they've just always nailed the first round uh, and just his, his athleticism. And it's like adding like having him and Watt. It's like dang, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Phillips again would have been a great fit, but I think yeah, you get the local guy like you, you mentioned and. I got it with a ton of potential to, to make the Steeler defense even more scary, a defense that, you know, we forget how dominant they were during that uh, first 11 games of the year when they went undefeated just because of how crazy the playoff loss was to the Browns. And that Browns offensive line is no joke, obviously. Um, but I think uh, this, is a, this ends up being a really good fit for them at this spot. Yep, I think so too. I think, like you said, you've got the um, just another – 
another defensive guy they could look at and, you know, having just improved that defense. Um, so, yeah, that would be a, a pretty good uh, option, I think, for the Steelers uh, at this point. But like you said, man, I'm looking down the board. I'm like, look at all these guys that are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. is still there. Uh, I'm going down the list here. Like, there's a lot of different guys that, that are still on the board here. And that will make um, our part four of our mock draft, uh, the final part, very interesting. But, Dylan, I'm going <laughs> to use this as the spoiler. Do you think, because there are still some on the board here, um, Travis Etienne is still there, um, Najee Harris. Do you think we're going to yeah. take a running back in the first round? I think we'll get one, at least. All I right. think we'll see about Travis. Um, yeah, I think we might get two. I mean, we saw I last year say, at the end of the yeah. end of the first round seems to be like the popular time for these guys to yeah. pop off off the list. And there seems there's especially one, it's a, a major spoiler, that it, I believe it's one of my picks is the Bills at 30. I feel like they could use yeah. one of those two guys. I'll definitely be heavily considering it depending on who was still there. And, yeah, I mean, in a lot of a lot of mocks, Najee Harrison would have been gone uh, well before now. So it's uh, I, I say at least one, but I won't be surprised if both those guys go off before yeah. we finish this. I think knowing you and I, they're both going to probably be <laughs> off the board somewhere uh, before we wrap up this uh, this mock draft. So I was just curious because I, you know, you've seen some people say I don't know if there's even going to be a running back in the first round here, but I I think those two guys yeah. are good enough that they're going to mm-hmm. wind up somewhere. And I, and I could, like I said, I could even see someone taking a chance on them maybe in this range here, at least, you know, like we talked about, even if, even if it's through a trade or something like that, um, maybe it's not the teams we necessarily picked for here, but I can't say I'd be shocked because I think both those guys are yeah. really good. So uh, we'll see, but yeah, I think that's your, that's your, that's your teaser is uh, we're probably <laughs> going to find a way to pigeonhole these two in somewhere um, in our, our final uh, portion of our mock draft. So uh, there you go. There's part three. Uh, and we will uh, of course be back with part four uh, next week, wrap up the mock draft and it will be draft time. Um, next, yes. you know, things get started and uh, we will have everything covered Dylan uh, here on the podcast and over clutch points. Yeah. Clutchpoints.com. We've gone through looking at the best prospects for every team with, uh, with the first round pick. Also some teams that don't have first round picks still getting to some draft previews for them, as well as just top players, best places for their fit where uh, it'd be nice for them to ultimately end up. Not everyone hoping to go to the jets. Although again, it might be a little bit different situation this year. Uh, so you can find that all at clutchpoints.com on the NFL section. Uh, click on that. You can go to, if you search NFL draft there, you can find all of our draft related coverage news and, uh, all of our predictions and different things like that. Go on the Clutch Points app to the NFL section there. If you want to follow all the baseball games going in the MLB section, those are going NBA and the NBA section. And, yeah, next week we'll have yeah, – wrap up this, this uh, mock draft with, on the podcast. And then a couple more, I think, still uh, to come. One last preview and then probably a, a quick uh, review after the first round as we did last year. It's a lot of fun and excited to be working the draft again. Yeah, it's a fun time, like you said. So be sure to check all that out at Clutch Points. Again, as I mentioned earlier, go back through. If you just listen to this podcast and you have no idea uh, who, who went to the first two, I'd highly suggest doing that. Uh, go back, listen to those previous two episodes, and uh, we'll have part four, as we said, coming up uh, next week. So check all that out. Subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. Talk to you guys next time here on the Sabbath Podcast.